This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we geek out on all the new hardware announcements from Insight 2016. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi, Glenn Sizemore, and Sully the Monster. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi, and on the phone today with me is Glenn Sizemore. Say hello, Glenn. Hello, Glenn. How are we doing, hello. Justin? Hey, long time. Yeah, it's been, it's what, been a week? like yeah, about about seven days. Feels like yeah. about a week. Hey, then, did you remember to hit record? I yes, I did. Okay. Just checking. All right. I did. I actually hit record when we first started talking to make sure I didn't forget to hit record. Okay, well, you so know, I have all the swear words recorded. Good, good to know. Good to know. Just tack those at the end of the podcast again, as we usually do. I'll be submitting them as uh, evidence for later. So, um, not with us this week, notably, uh, Andrew Sullivan, who is out in Barcelona doing his tapas tour, also known as VMworld. Yeah, I think VMworld's just an excuse for him to go get really good sangria. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find out for sure next week when he gets back. More power to him. I've seen lots of uh, Viva La Vivals pictures out there on, on the interweb. So it, they, those yeah, guys seem like they're having fun. And the, the Solid Fire team is doing what they do at a VMworld. It, it looks like a lot of fun. But uh, we'll get the full scoop next week, of course. Absolutely. Um, so this week, we're going to talk about something uh, that to some people is very near and dear and to other people they're like man i hate talking about that but uh it's it's actually something that people are getting very interested about given the the number of releases we've come out with since insight as well as the uh i guess the beefiness of these things and this is the hardware stack right hardware everyone everyone's bored about hardware but not this stuff this stuff is pretty exciting so uh this week i brought in uh skip shapiro as well as Mukesh Nigam to talk about the hardware uh, announcements we had at Insight. So, uh, Skip, tell us a little bit about what you do here. I know people have heard you here before, but people who haven't heard the podcast before would like to know who you are. Yeah, so I'm a technical marketing engineer uh, like Justin. Uh, My focus is on flash systems running on tap. And? And, well, you know, so that includes all flash paths, <laughs> flash pool, and flash cache, so hybrid systems. I've been around uh, NetApp for almost 17 years, uh, mostly in and around the uh, ONTAP and uh, systems group that uh, runs ONTAP, the systems that run ONTAP. So uh, I have a, quite a lot of background there. For some of you who know me, I was the product manager that started the Nearstore product line uh, as well. Skip's much too modest. He's Mr. Flash. <laughs> but you have the suit, Justin. I do have the suit. That's, that's getting retired, though, I think. I think, I think it's time to let it go. You, you're, you don't want to be his mascot anymore? Um, <laughs> it was a little demeaning. Um, and, you know, he really didn't treat me well. Uh, I used to just get the, the table scraps. So, I mean. Kept him on a short leash. Yeah. All right, Mukesh, tell us what you do here at NetApp and uh, you know, a little bit about what you're working on. Yeah, so um, I'm actually on my out. I'm not a TME, though at one point of time, I was a TME for a very short time. I'm product Nobody's manager perfect, now. <laughs> so um, I'm a product manager for the FAS uh, 9000 series system, which is the new high-end. I've been at NetApp almost 12 years, so not, not as much as... Okay, but 
a long time. So um, I will be talking about the new FAS hybrid portfolio, which we launched um, at Insight in September. All right, excellent. So you said you were a TME. What did you use to do tech marketing for? Um, I was actually TME for the performance and entry uh, platforms, and that was actually 2007, so a long time ago. Well, still, I mean, you have the background, so that kind of helps tie into what you're working on now with all the new and improved hardware that we're releasing. Exactly. It's always good to have a product manager that is uh, able to talk the technical side of things as well because they can truly understand both sides of the business use case, whether it's the customer use case or the actual like engineering piece of it where, where we have to kind of mesh the two and make sure we deliver things to our customers but not at the cost of our engineering. Let's talk about this new hardware. Uh, so we got a bunch of new FAS systems as well as a brand new form factor. Um, what do you want to start off with, Skip? So I think the, the, the really big message is this is the biggest hardware refresh um, and introduction that we've ever done in the history of, of NetApp. Four new FAS platforms, two new uh, AFF platforms, new shelves, um, uh, 32 gig fiber channel connectivity and support, 40 gig uh, Ethernet connectivity and, and switches for cluster interconnect. It's a big basket of hardware. So how, how do you want to walk through it? Because we'd like to, to step the listeners through it as, as, as best we could. Okay, well, maybe uh, let's start with uh, the FAS uh, platforms. Um, and uh, so we introduced a new high-end system, the FAS 9000. Um, it's a, a modular system, so two controllers uh, in an 8U chassis with lots of I.O. connectivity, uh, 20 um, I.O. slots um, in, in that ch chassis for the two controllers, uh, and then uses external uh, shelves. So that's... Um, in our portfolio replaces the FAS um, uh, 8080 uh, EX platform and uh, delivers effectively twice the performance uh, of that, uh, of, of the 8080. So we're pretty excited about uh, about that. Makesh, you, you want to chime in with, with your thoughts on the 9000 since you're the product manager? Uh, definitely. So one of the things which we are also bringing on the FAS platform, right, what we call flash everywhere. So the entire FAST portfolio now actually uh, comes with a default flash, which is used for the uh, flash cache. And there's an onboard NVMe flash is what we are bringing. So along with all the new uh, higher performance and new feature set, we are bringing the new NVMe technology, which we are very excited about on these platforms. So that the, the nine thousand, that the nine thousands will actually use an NVMe module instead of uh, traditional NVRAM. No, so NVMe is not for the NVRAM. Actually, it is for the flash cache. So. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So instead of PCIe cards uh, with flash cache on them, which we've been selling for many many years, we're embedding the flash cache directly onto or in a different way into the into the controller. Uh, we're using slots and actually NVMe drives to provide that cache uh, capability. And the result of the way it's packaged is it, it frees up um, uh, PCIe slots for other uses. Are we seeing any performance gains with that? 
So if you're if the question if, if you're asking NVMe versus the traditional flash cache cards, the performance is about the same, but packaging uh, is more efficient and uh, it, it's it's a better way to go about uh, delivering um, uh, this caching capability. So. And also with with the NVMe, right? We can bring the flash cache to our entry systems, which we could not do with the PCI-based flash cache. Yeah. So okay. Uh, yeah. So you have so, yeah. So the smaller systems, I guess, are smaller form factors. So you couldn't fit the extra slot, but with this, you can. Yeah. If you take our um, the entry level system, so traditionally we've had the or. Uh, until this announcement, we had the FAS 2500 series, 2U form factor with 24, uh, the 2552 has 24 2.5 inch form factor slots in it. There are no PCIe slots in there, so there's no flash cache capability in there. Turn to the 2600 series, and the complement to the 2552 is the 2650. We have embedded uh, M.2 NVMe flash on the motherboards for those systems. So now they have flash cache capability where we've never been able to do that before. So they're embedded. Ah, awesome. They're embedded by default. I mean, and they're not like, you know, you order a special type of 2650. So no, you order 2650. It's in there by default. You can choose to, um, order it without if you want, but you know, we're definitely encouraging people to buy it that way. That's how we've priced the, the product. And there's a half a terabyte of, of cash uh, for each controller in the dual controller, 2650. That's pretty cool. I like that idea. So it's it's very cool. <laughs> well, I guess uh, let's uh, let's roll right into that and and kind of keep this going because because I'm interested what, what what this does. So if we go into the 2650, the replacement for for the entry level uh, FAS platform, you know, net, having the ability to use that M2 module as flash cache, that's awesome. But but what does that kind of do for flash pools? So um, something that's not hasn't been well um, advertised is that with ONTAP uh, nine, we've integrated the flash pool and flash cache to work together in a complementary fashion. Really, so this is probably new news to you guys. Yes, it is. I did not know this. So what we did in ONTAP nine is flash cache has been traditionally one policy applies to all volumes under the controller. Um, it still works that way, but we now have per volume capabilities for our flash cache. So one volume can have a different policy than the other volume. And if you have volumes that are sitting in a flash pool aggregate, they also get to take advantage of flash cache in a tiered fashion. Uh, so here's how that works. It, um, reads that come from hard drives will go into memory as they as they usually do, and then when um, you know they they get pushed to, about to get pushed out of memory because there's hotter data, uh, they'll enter flash cache. Uh, they'll be inserted into flash cache. Then if they are never read out of flash cache, uh, they'll only reside in flash cache. If they're read one, at least once out of flash cache, we'll insert them into the flash pool cache, assuming you have a flash pool aggregate for that volume. Um, after that. And what that does is it screens out those speculative reads that never get a second hit from going into flash pool. So we don't mm. sort of uh, take the, make the extra effort to put them in flash pool cache, which is somewhat considerable. We have to you know, manage the, 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 the cache map and everything. So this, this two-tiered caching actually delivers a more efficient caching solution 
uh, for our customers who are buying hybrid systems. And with that explanation, it, can, it makes complete sense that we just put it on the M2 motherboard and make it st- a standard part of the controller and just tell every, all customers, listen, just put it in the controller. You want it here because you're always going to get a benefit from it. Right. You get a benefit if you only use the flash cache, if you need the additional persistence cache capabilities of flash pool and the ability to insert uh, random overwrites into, directly onto the SSDs, then that's when you would add uh, flash pool on top of flash cache. That is awesome. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it, even though we haven't advertised it as much as we should have. Justin, how did how 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 did this not, not come up? We did an entire month on ONTAP nine. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I blame Skip. Uh, I think I think that's where the blame should reside. So uh, I'll take it. Mia culpa. Oh, that's that. Uh, uh, hey, no, no harm, no foul. So uh, we 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 started this off, and, and we got a little bit sidetracked uh, on on the new flash cache form factor. Uh, using NVMe M2 uh, slot. That's awesome, by the way. I'm still a little bit hung up on that. Uh, That makes me super excited and really want to get one of these in my lab. Uh, what, what, what else do we have on the on the table? Yeah, maybe we just complete the story there. So we talked about the the, the FAS 9000 series having NVMe flash. We actually do that via um, uh, SSDs as opposed to uh, an M, M.2 form factor. We talked about the 2650 having M.2 cache on board. The FAS 8200 series, which is our 3U modular dual controller chassis, also uses M2 uh NVMe flash uh, on the on the motherboard, and we offer more flash capabilities since it's a bigger system. Uh, so you can have up to uh, two terabytes of um, NVMe uh, cache per controller um, uh, with the 8200 series versus um, the, the half terabyte we talked about with the 2650. So, so basically, across the board with the FAST systems, as Mukesh uh, alluded to earlier, we've got uh, onboard NVMe flash for cache. Has there been any change uh, to the way that those caches worked in an all-flash FAST deployment? Um, so we're, so we're, the FAST systems have those NVMe uh, um, devices for cache. We don't use them in the all-flash uh, FAS versions of those controllers. So okay, the, the yeah, so the FAS eighty two hundred controller. Uh, we use that same controller hardware for the AFF A three hundred, our new mid range AFF system. But we don't use. We leave the cache out of it because it doesn't improve the performance. You're already getting. We're already getting superb performance uh, out of reads directly from the SSDs with all the. Um, enhancements we've put into ONTAP over the last uh, 18 to 24 months. And, that, and, sim- and similarly with the uh, AFF A700, which uses the same controller hardware as the FAS 9000. We don't need the NVMe um, drives there for cache. So um, maybe the best thing to do is circle back to the FAS 9000 and talk about some of the other other things we've uh, introduced uh, with that platform, and I'm going to let Nimikesh talk for a little bit about uh, 40 gig Ethernet and 32 gig fiber channel. Yeah, thanks, Skip. So, as uh, we already spent too, so much time on NVMe, um, so now moving back to other value prop which we bring with the 9000 platform, it's a modular design. So, every component is actually modular in here. They are individually pluggable modules, whether it is a processing complex like CPU, uh, memory uh, PCM module, or the I.O. modules, 
all of them can be individually plugged and replaced. So that basically reduces the downtime if you have any issue, have to do maintenance or repair, and simplifies the servicing. So that is one of the big change which we brought with this new architecture. In terms of the I.O. capability which we got in this system, you have all the high-speed connectivity uh, in the world on this. You have 40 gig connectivity. You have 32 gig uh, fiber channels and connectivity. In fact, NetApp is the first vendor to bring end-to-end 32 gig fiber channels and to the market. And we are very proud of that. And you have the 12 gig SaaS. Yeah, I was just going to ask, uh, is is uh, the, the 40 gig, 32 gig, 12 gig stuff, uh, it, it, just up front, is, is that across the line so that I can stop asking specific model questions? Or, or is that only on the, the new 9000 chassis? So um, the cluster interconnect, so let's start with cluster interconnect. So when you buy a FAS 9000 or an AFF A700, Again, they're using the same hardware uh, for all intents and purposes. You start a new cluster. We're doing it with 40-gig cluster interconnects. So you're going to buy 40-gig switches, and we are offering uh, 40-gig switches uh, from Cisco for that cluster interconnect technology Um, because that's the right thing to do for customers moving forward in terms of uh, getting the right uh, infrastructure uh, for the bandwidth capability of these, these systems. Uh, we also offer 40 gig as a host interconnect um, capability on the FAS 9000 and A700. And we do that as well for host interconnect on the, the FAS 8200 and the AFF A300. So th- those are options. The awesome. cluster interconnect on those, those two, the, the 8200 and the A300 platforms is still 10 gig, but, the, but we have the, you have the option of using 10 gig or 40 gig for your host uh, interconnect. Yeah, that, that, that makes good sense. I was just wondering if, uh, if, if those 40 gig CNAs were locked to, to that, to that uh, 9K chassis. That's great to know that, that they can come down to the mid-range, though. Um, uh, yes, and so we're doing, you know, it's PCIe cards on the mid-range and on the high end, the, the modules are not standard PCIe form factor, but they're, but, but they, but they're there. Um, with the, the, the FAS 9000 and the uh, uh, A700, uh, it's dual port 40 gig capability with full 80 gig uh, gigabit bandwidth. So each port can support the full uh, 40 gig bandwidth. With the mid-range systems, because of the PCIe form factor and the uh, the Intel ASIC limitations, it's 40 gig bandwidth total for the two ports uh, on the card. Right, the ASIC is limited uh, to that, so you can use both ports, but you only get uh, a total of 40 gig bandwidth, not 80 gig, uh, on the mid-range systems. Yeah. So it sounds like we're we're future-proofing that cluster back end by adding the extra throughput. Because I mean, right now, I mean, it's hard to really tax that even the 10 gig network but with the flash you know innovations and being able to push more data through and now a flex group you're looking at a much greater back end pipe 
exactly. And the new platforms, so as I, as I think I alluded to uh, or said early on, the FAS 9000 and therefore also the A700 are twice as fast um, uh, you know, within hollering distance, of twice as fast as the 8080. So that's a lot more throughput capability, and you start building clusters out of that. Um, and if you're doing remote or lots of sequential workloads, you're going to take advantage of that 40-gig uh, cluster interconnect bandwidth. Yeah, so one thing I want to add, uh, while we are future-proofing with 40-gig, right, we have not forgotten the customer who have not yet gone to 40-gig, but they may have still have 10-gig switches and all. We do support a splitter cable, which actually take a 40-gig connection and splits into four 10-gig connection, and then you can connect to a 10-gig switch. So That's actually pretty awesome. Does it, does, it, does it aggregate the connection, like LACP-wise, or is it just still 10-gig each? So, go ahead, Nimpakesh. It's, it's still an individual 10-gig um, connection, yeah, and what you see is four 10 gig ports, right? From the that's what the you can hook up four four different um, hosts or clients to each of those you know one to each of those cables, and they're all sharing the same physical port, and they're each getting um, you know their full 10 gig bandwidth. I didn't know I didn't know we did that either. That that that's awesome, guys. That's the way that all the 40 gig networking stuff works in on the other side of the house. That's awesome that we did that on the storage. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of how we, we we need to do things to provide the flexibility. Customers use either ten gig or, or forty gig, so that's why we chose to do it. You mean we're not going to force people to buy forty gig switches because we want to? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we certainly like to uh, avoid putting customers in, in, in that kind of situation. Yes. Tell us about these uh, new backend switches, the Nexus thirty one thirty twos. Yeah, so those are that's a Cisco um, switch uh, that they offer generally for sale. But that that's the switch that um, we offer when you start a new uh, cluster using the FAS nine thousand or the AFF um, A A seven hundred. So it's thirty two port, um, forty gig switch, um, and um, you know so it's it's actually um, very attractively priced, and uh, I think it's uh, as I understand it. Um, as cheap or cheaper than a four, uh, 32 port uh, 10 gig switch right now. So, so I think that's that in, uh, helps customers move their infrastructures forward to 40 gig. Yeah, I can't see anyone complaining about the the cluster interconnect these days. Uh, the, just the price points on that connectivity is is completely reasonable. You know, we're, we're we're not asking. It's not in a band or anything crazy now. No, I mean, I think uh, I think you're exactly right. We're we're giving customers uh, a very cost-effective solution to get the bandwidth uh, that uh, they'd w- they'll want to have, not just for today, but um, for future-proofing as well. So we've 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 uh, been all over the the nine k uh, <laughs> uh, chassis, which which for the listeners at home, if you if you want to paint a word picture, uh, it's it's essentially a, a you can think of the old you know a blade chassis uh, with with plug-and-play modules. Um, yeah, and there's a, yeah, there's some other aspects of that, right? So the, all of the I.O. cards connect outside of the controllers. So the cabling is all dressed to the to the sides, and the controllers can be uh, swapped out if you need to without removing any any cables. So that, that's a that's a nice serviceability uh, improvement. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For for those larger installations, uh, the more I almost want to call them like frame installations, even though I hate that word. Uh, that the 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 nine K chassis and the, and the A seven hundred are absolutely uh, positioned to 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 handle that. They're a little bit bigger, but 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 uh, that's where all that I/O connectivity comes from, right? The ability to add, I think I think it's twenty PCI uh, I/O devices to to those chassis, which is just that, incredible. Uh, yeah, that that's correct. And you know, we um, spent quite a bit of time talking about actually, the forty uh, gig, uh, but can I didn't talk about sure, it's go not ahead. devices because devices are actually a lot more. It's I/O cards is what twenty is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So some of those, some of the I/O modules have two ports, others have four ports. On them, so I think that's that's the the point that Mukesh was trying to make there. Um, we spent quite a bit of time talking about the 40 gig Ethernet. Um, like to give a little bit of airtime to the 30 gig fiber channel because we're seeing, um, you know, considerable uptake uh, already from from customers fiber channel based deployments on on 32 gig, and we're offering a dual port uh, connectivity, full bandwidth um, for the the FAS 9000, the AFF. Uh, A700 and that those that same card capability, dual port 32 gig, is available as an option on the uh, FAS 8200 and the uh, AFF A300 as well. So, you know, fiber channel customers who want to move to 32 gig uh, now have the capability of doing it with our systems, and we're the first ones to offer this. Um, and these cards are also capable of doing 16 gig fiber channel. Can they can they step down beyond past sixteen, or is it just thirty two sixteen? I assume they can go all the way down. I'm just asking. Uh, Makesh, do you remember whether they can go to, to yeah. eight gig? Yeah, they can go to eight gig. That's the lowest they go to. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I I I would actually be a little bit surprised to to hear that uh, there's a huge 32 gig uh, FC in you know in infrastructure going in in 2016. But but I'm yeah. happy that we have that support, right? Because I think sometimes as vendors we like to prejudge what's going to win and only invest in the ones that we think is better. I I, I I'm 100% on board with us just su- supporting the ecosystem and letting the market and our customer base decide amongst themselves, right? Yeah, and I, I wouldn't say that this it's huge yet, but there are customers talking about it and them knowing they have the flexibility to do that when they buy these systems, um, you know, helps them make a decision more yeah. easily, right? With the all slash, right, performance, if you look at even Gartner report, which came out, they recommend that you should go for the fastest network which you can get. So in case of fiber channel SAN, it is 32 gig. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So don't hold back your all-flash array because you've got uh, too little uh, network bandwidth. And then I guess uh, along those same lines, that tears right into the 12-gig SAS, right? Uh, yeah, 12-gig SAS gives us additional bandwidth on the, the back end to the storage devices, which becomes useful if you're doing uh, large sequential transfers, particularly large sequential reads. Think of um, streaming um, data. Of of some sort, um, uh, you know. So that's the that's the natural progression. We've actually been shipping 12 gig capable um, SSDs and HDs for quite a while, but didn't have a 12 gig capable um, shelf until um, actually the early introduction of the first of these shelves back in June with the 15 terabyte uh, SSDs 
on the uh, AFF 8080. So that was that was our our first 12 gig SaaS shelf introduction, and now we've um, we've broadened that with the same shelf, offering both 10k RPM uh, HDDs along with more SSD capacities than the than just the 15k, and then we have a three and a half inch form factor uh, version of the shelf uh, for. Uh, the capacity HDDs to use as well. That's awesome. And and the SAS adapter that we've been shipping now for uh, over over a year, it might be a year and a half already, um, has has been 12 gig capable already. So customers, many customers already have that uh, SAS adapter in their systems and can take advantage of 12 gig uh, bandwidth on the new shelves uh, immediately. And one of the things which we saw customers and everybody liked about this new shelf is it doesn't have ACP. Instead, it uses in-band SaaS management. So you don't need to do a separate Ethernet-based ACP uh, connection with the new shelves. Yeah, the the one thing about the the new shelves uh, and the existing shelves is um, you want separate stacks of 12 gig capable shelves versus six gig capable shelves um, but you can you can take those those exist those old shelves and make them 12 gig shelves and then you can use them all in the same stack you know your legacy storage and your new storage so we, we've made things we tried to make things uh, as flexible and easy for our customers to adapt yeah that sounds awesome and 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 just look glancing at my notes and and all the information uh, you two gentlemen have have uh, shared with us th- thus far that uh, today, Times two performance does it, it that that looks like the watchword here. I mean, just everything across the board from a capabilities perspective, you can just kind of multiply it by two. And 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 from where we are today, and you kind of land at, at at what what you've engineered. That's awesome. Yeah, and the story gets even better uh, than that. So this is something we shared at at Insight, um, uh, Las Vegas uh, last month as well. Uh, f- when you look at uh, performance uh, of, of the AFF 700, so you get all SSD performance, not only is it twice the IOPS, uh, the random read-write IOPS of the 8080, uh, we can deliver that um, at half the latency as well. So essentially combine two AFF 8080s onto an uh, AFF A700 um, uh, one AFF A700 um, HA pair and, and get the same throughput at half the latency. That's pretty cool, I think. It's, yeah, no, it's it's beyond cool. I remember, uh, I think it was like three years ago, we, we had the podcast with, um, it, it's when the, the first... Uh, EF540 uh, just just crushed the SPC1, um, and and we had the E-series guys on, and and they made the statement, you know, the race to zero latency has begun, and it's been super <laughs> exciting for me to watch the 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 Centricity team and the OnTap team just dive into the code base and just refactor it and refactor it and refactor it and just find as much latency as they can to pull out, and now to watch the fruits of 18 months of that labor. It is stunning what the ONTAP team has done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wholeheartedly uh, agree with you. And don't leave out the platform team, actually. I'm very proud you know, th- of them putting this most powerful system in the market. Yeah, no, th- thank you for, for, for correcting me there, because my, my actual question to, to, to both of you is, 
How much of that is the OS and how much of that is the hardware? Is it 50-50 or is it 60% refactoring and on tap and 40% more cores inside the on tap OS? Or do we even so, know, right? So the throughput for sure comes from the additional cores. The FAS9000 and AFF A700 have 80% more cores than the 8080. So we can do that much more work. We're getting nearly double the performance uh, because of that. And we the have four times the memory, too. Yeah. The latency enhancement comes from uh, both the hardware and on tap. Uh, as you can see with the improvements that we've made in, in latency um, and, and really throughput, too, on the 8080 platform alone, as we've gone from 8.3 to 8.3.1 to 8.3.2 to 9.0, um, significant improvements there. Uh, but the four times the memory in the FAS 9000 and A7 100 helps a lot with uh, reducing latency. You get many, you know, that many more reads coming out of memory, which is the fastest, um, the fastest latency you're, you're going to get, the lowest latency you're going to get. And then the ONTAP piece, um, you know, contributes a, a lot as well, particularly with the reads from the SSDs. So uh, it's it's been a really great marriage of hardware and uh, ONTAP software to deliver these performance improvements. Okay, did you have a, a point you wanted to tack on the end there? Yeah, I want to talk about some of the throughput performance also. What uh, essentially uh, Skip was talking about was more on terms of IOPS performance. I mean, the system actually delivers 17 gigabytes per second read throughput. And the write throughput is also something to write home about. It's six and a half gigabyte per second. So there is a significant uh, work which goes on to actually improve the both read and write throughput too. And they are screaming fast boxes. Yeah, yeah. I assume, yeah, that, that being a per node number, you can put 24 of them in a pair and throw a workload at it. It gets, as, as we've been saying on the podcast for a little while now, uh, we have gotten to a point with storage technology where performance really isn't a, a, a problem. Right. It, it's 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 a financial problem. Can, can we build the system that you need for the amount of money that you can afford to spend? It's, it's no longer an engineering challenge of is it possible for us to build a system big enough to support you? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. And then, you know, um, as great as the hardware is, it, it couldn't um, we couldn't take advantage of all the, the hardware has to offer without uh, doing the work in on tap and, and the engineering team on the software side has done a tremendous job uh, uh, to do that. So. Absolutely. So we've, we've touched on the FAS 9000 uh, and, and the AFF uh, A700. Uh, we've also talked about the FAS 8200 and its uh, partner, the, the A300. Uh, can we give a little love to the entry level? Let's talk about the FAS uh, 2600. Anything else besides the addition of the M2 flash cache module? Uh, well, we have more I.O. on board uh, and plus twice the performance of the 2600 series um, as compared to the 2500 series. So that's uh, a huge leap. Actually, it's maybe three times the performance. Three times, yeah. yeah, three times the performance um, increase. So our, our entry-level systems got a hell of a lot faster. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. General, general form factor and I.O. connectivity more or less the same as, as uh, the, the controller we all know and love. So more I/O connectivity um, uh, there. Uh, we've got um, uh, UTA2 or CNA ports 
uh, on board. I think four of them. I got the right count there, uh, Mukesh? That's correct. All right, and we have 10 gigabit Ethernet for the cluster interconnect, of course, and then there's um, two 12 gigabit uh, SaaS ports for the, the backend storage um, uh, connectivity. I think those are, those are the, the key points. So there's there's more I/O on board than the previous generation product had as well. That's awesome. I, I know it's not as sexy and and as fun, but uh, the the entry level is a place near and dear to my heart on FlexPod, just because we 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 end up touching that where where people make that initial transition and and a company is just big enough to to need real storage. So it's. That, in a lot of ways, that platform is the most important because it's, it's, it's where you start everything. Well, we certainly ship the highest volume physical system shipments are certainly in that end of the, the portfolio. So this is very important to a lot of customers. And, and now we offer them um, a lot more performance, uh, a lot more workload consolidation capability on that platform than they've had in the past. Yeah, I, 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 that flash cache change is so huge. I think it's going to take a long time for our field to actually wrap their heads around what that means from a from a performance scalability problem. Putting flash cache in an ONTAP controller just raises the envelope of what that controller can handle from a workload perspective so significantly that that the types of workloads that that you can consider for that 2600 are probably workloads that we would never have considered given the previous iteration. I think that's that's a fair statement. Absolutely. Well, awesome, guys. What haven't we touched on yet? What, what other uh, spots of work do you think we should put a spotlight on just to show off what the, the team's been working on? Because I know that this is a three-year-in-the-making effort. So one of the things which I think I would like to bring, we, we did have on, on the whole portfolio also, is actually we have changed the console port. It's a minor thing, but still it's a significant for... The console access, now we are making it USB-based console. So all these platforms have a USB console port instead of RJ45. So it simplifies how they use or access the physically the system. So how does that work? They plug a USB cable into their laptop and we register as a comm device? Yeah. So That's awesome. Okay. Uh, yeah, in, in a similar vein, I would say we've done things on the uh, uh, the setup side of things to simplify uh, these systems as well. With ONTAP 9.1, which all of these new platforms uh, are, are supported on, uh, if you have a um, an IP address uh, to, to have system manager uh, talk to your your system, you can do the whole cluster setup from system manager now. No need to, to go to the command line at all. So I think that's a significant um, improvement for our customers as well. Yeah, it's people like to pretend that it whatever it is what it is. Everybody knows it, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun as an employee to just sit back and and get these snapshots of you know there are these moments every you know six to nine months where all of our teams converge and we have these major releases where where a big wave of products will come rolling out. And every time, it's always impressive to see the amount of iteration that has occurred from wave to wave to wave and and system setup is one of those places where you know if you just go back 2 years it was completely different 2 years ago there there was probably 250 people in the world who were qualified and capable of going and setting up a data on tap cluster you know today it's it's an application that you give it an ip and you tell it what you want it to look like it's just two completely different realities right 
Yeah, and, and, and important, right? You know, we, we want to make it easy to deploy our systems, and so we continue to, to work in that direction. Um, major initiative thrust. Yeah, it's awesome. The only thing which I would say is we didn't spend that much time on the AFS-focused thing, but as you know, they are the common system across both FAS and AFF lines. So all the capabilities which you, we talked about applies to both. Yeah, the, the performance that we talked about, all, all those statements are there. You know, with other things we've continued to advance with the um, AFF systems, which have come out uh, recently. I'll go back to ONTAP nine a, a little bit, just as a as a as a reprise. We've you know we've expanded the, the ability to, or the way in which we do um, inline um, deduplication. We added inline data compaction. Uh, we've um, you know simplified the. Uh, the setup, so we're we're making uh, all flash FAS systems easier to use um, and um, uh, more uh, cost effective um, by doing so. Um, and we also introduced I, I, I neglected to talk about root data data uh, partitioning, which uh, makes for more usable capacity on uh, single shelf. Uh, systems with AFF as well. So, yeah, that's so, a seventy-five uh, percent front. Well, seventy-five percent with ADP, and then eighty-seven and a half percent efficiency with ADP two. Yeah, we we give you that. That's right. So we give you almost seventeen percent more usable capacity using the the same drives, if you will, and you're going to get better performance out of it as well. We have so many IOPS per um, uh, SSD that we can share SSDs between two two controllers and still deliver. Um, superb performance without wasting those three drives for that root aggregate uh yeah or or six if you talk about the both controllers that's true yeah six <laughs> yeah yeah so lots of good stuff yeah it's in our defense i w- i would just say that I, it is the one thing that that admittedly was a happy coincidence with the way that this all went down but but i like the way that we've handled it um, with with the all flash FAS and the FAS brands, right? The A seven hundred, A A nine thousand. That that relationship. It's same hardware, two different deployments. A three hundred, A eighty two hundred, or A three hundred FAS, eighty two hundred. Same hardware, different deployments. I, I think it makes it easier for for the field and and people like ourselves who have to support it. Really, we're just talking about how. What are you going to be using it for? Is this an all flash deployment with only SSDs and super performance, right? Or is this going to be a hybrid config? Um, so so I don't. I don't, unless there are other exceptions other than the fact that uh, on the, uh, we don't use flash cache in those NVMe disks that, that uh, on the A hundreds, uh, I don't, are there any other gotchas there that we need to be aware of or the listener should know about? No, hardware wise, go ahead, Makesh. No, I was saying there's no gotcha, but there's one difference which um, I would love to talk about is the bezel. We have a new shiny bezel for AFF. Okay, yep. Let's get into the real stuff. This is what really matters. Talk to me <laughs> about the bezel. <laughs> Does it our storage? Does the bezel light up? Uh, Are there spinning rims? <laughs> so, as much as we would like to uh, distract people with uh, with the flashing lights and, and spinning rims, uh, we have not done that uh, uh, with the bezel. We're... we're um, uh, as much as we'd like to do it, it's 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 not a high priority. Sorry to say, guys. I think we should go back to the old days, and we should we should start making chromed bezels again because that seems like a very efficient use of our customers' money. Uh, here, I thought you were going to ask for the uh, the burnt orange and the uh, 
the uh, faded green uh, bezels that we they had back in the, I think it was the F700 series or so. You remember those? I do, I do. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, yeah, the bezels do look pretty cool. So that that makes you know the cape that just puts the icing or the cherry on top of your your uh, great new uh, AFF systems. I'm a little disappointed that they don't light up. Yeah, keep asking. I will. All right, I keep asking too. <laughs> Yeah, I know why they don't do it. It's smart. It is a complete waste of money, right? But putting a, putting an LED in there, it may only be a nickel, but it's a nickel in a data center that no one ever... It's just a waste of money. It's smart to not do it, but still, my inner geek wants to see it. Yeah, it's it's a little bit more than just the LED and the bezel. It's getting getting the light out to the LED. That's the cha- that's the challenge. So, but This is where when you are we gonna actually get the- know what it takes, and I just talk about it. Yep. When are we going to get the clear, uh, the clear storage like containers, like you know, like you had with your PC in the you know the nineties and aughts, <laughs> with the neon you, lights and. You want to see the insides from the outsides? Yeah. <laughs> I want to see the little mice running and making this, this fast system work. Yeah, I guess we'll have to do a throwback design. Yeah, we could, we could, uh, we could go buy whatever's left of those Western Digital drives with the window in them, so you can see yes. the platters. Yeah, get it water cooled. Now we're talking. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be totally cost effective. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I, this has been a lot of fun. I think we landed. All right, Skip, uh, Mukesh, thanks a lot for joining us today. Uh, if anyone wanted to get in touch with you, uh, do you have Twitter or do you have an email you could give us, Skip? Uh, well, uh, Justin, as you know, I, I, I'm not a part of the Twitter Twitter lot, lottie, whatever. Um, so my email address is skip.shapiro, um, that's S-H-A-P-I-R-O, at netapp.com. Feel free to drop me a line. And he will respond with a long-form email. Um, Mukesh, what about yourself? Uh, I'm in the same boat as Skip. Uh, no Twitter, but my email is mukesh.nigam at netapp.com, uh, M-U-K-E-S-H dot N-I-G-A-M at netam.com. So neither of you have hot or not profiles? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're... That's, that's, that's a different, different time, different show. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could go further than that, but I will not. Yeah, um, let, let's, let, let's keep it uh, PG-13, please. <laughs> absolutely. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys, for joining us. Um, if you wanted to get in touch with the podcast, you can email us at podcast at netup.com if you had any questions that you wanted to ask uh, Glenn or I or Skip or uh, Mukesh. Uh, we could always forward it on to them if you don't remember their email address. But we'll also include the email addresses in the show's blog post. In addition to the hardware announcements we just talked about, I was also able to corral one of our NetApp customers. We did this after Insight, and we were able to get her to call in, and we discussed Insight in general and her overall impressions of NetApp as it improves its perception to their customers. So without further ado, Deanna McNeil. All right, I have Deanna McNeil here. Uh, Deanna is actually a customer of NetApp, and she is a big fan of the podcast. So we thought, why not bring her on to talk to us today about what she thinks about NetApp in general? Um, She actually attended Insight, so she's going to give us some thoughts on that as well. Deanna, tell us uh, what you do, where you work, and uh, just general, like, how do we get in contact with you on Twitter if we wanted to do that? Hey, Justin. I'm a storage administrator for the College Board. Um, College Board produces a lot of educational tools that people are familiar with, like the SAT. 
So we're very interested in maintaining people's data, keeping it secure. I was really glad to go to Insight um, because just two weeks before we went to Insight, we found out we have to move our DR site to AWS, like ASAP. So um, I'd seen all the, you know, PowerPoints and read a lot of different things, you know, user groups and things like that. So it was really a, a great opportunity to start getting, you know, getting the details and really making sure I knew what I needed to do next. But I got calls from work sometimes, and I didn't get to go to all the insight sessions I wanted to go to. Um, but what I discovered was that people in the hallways, people from NetApp, were more than willing to stop, talk, and share their experiences. And it, was, it made a huge difference. It made a lot of good connections in terms of folks who've already done this. Um, really took a lot of the mystery out of what we what we needed to do next. You said that you're moving your entire data center to AWS. Well, we're going to start with our DR data center. Okay, so uh, I, I guess that yeah. some of the news you got at Insight, so the you know snap mirroring to cloud and snap mirroring using AltaVault, uh, could actually play into what you're trying to do in your data center, right? It's absolutely going to play a part. You know, we wanted to do the AltaVault anyway. We're just dying to get rid of tape. And we really want to just put our backups out there in the cloud. And it's such a, a great device for keep, keeping it secure, um, giving us access to object storage and things like that. So we really wanted to start there. But then to see how seamless it was going to be to go to AWS, um, that it's a slam dunk. So the data fabric story kind of resonates even with, with your organization. So how, how large is your organization, would you say? In terms of how many people we are? Um, yeah, people or, you know, data center footprint, you know, just a general ballpark estimate. Because, I mean, you know, everybody has a different size of their organization and their, and their IT environment. So just to kind of get a general idea of how large College Boards is so that people get a kind of a feel for the challenges that you'll be facing. Well... Last fall, we were at one and a half petabyte, and we're now sitting at two. So we're growing at a pretty fast rate um, compared to years past. College Board's been a NetApp customer for over a decade, but this kind of growth has been unprecedented um, in terms for the organization. But they're they're doing a lot of things on the web. They're providing a lot of re, you know resources to students and things like that. So the kind of reach that College Board is is doing to to help students is um, unprecedented. So is College Board leveraging things like uh, like DevOps or containers or things you know to spin up instances in the cloud uh, along with this migration to the cloud? That is a goal, and certainly um, we do have a. Uh, a DevOps movement within the organization, and and we're moving into that model very quickly. Um, but as far as um, our standard production deployment, we're we're not using containers quite yet. So, is your role a storage administrator, or do you do more of a general systems administration? I have my hands full with just our storage. Okay, so how is how is this? movement to the cloud going to enable you along with the DevOps movement and the automation? 
Like, is it going to make your job That's easier? Or is it going to make it harder? <laughs> is it going to make you like long for the days of getting into the CLI? You know, I'm, I'm, there's, there's three of us on our team and two of my team members, we, you know, they only use the CLI and I'm probably the first person to join the team that says, Hey, look, there's a GUI. And so it's been a fun marriage for us to kind of get used to, um, you know, taking advantage of the different um, gifts that each interface provides. Okay. So what about, I mean, so the automation piece, I mean, you guys are looking at DevOps, you're looking at possibly automating some tasks. Is that going to free you up to do other things? I'll just tell you, I'm still like dying to figure out how to do my automation, you know, like for myself, because I don't know how to script. I want to automate. It's going to kill me if I don't, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're and, yeah, and you're not alone in that regard, right? I mean, there's a lot of storage administrators out there and systems administrators out there that are so used to doing things through a GUI, uh, so used to doing things in a normal way that they've always done it, that when it comes down to automation and starting to learn scripting, it gets a little overwhelming. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that way. Um, but there's support within the organization to help us overcome those hurdles. So um, I'm looking to being able to tell you next year that, I'm doing a better job. Right. And I guess the point of the, the discussion about automation is, is you know, driving home the point that automating a storage system is not necessarily automating yourself out of a job. It's allowing you to go do other things. And that might include learning more automation, right, or managing other environments that don't have automated tasks. Exactly. Because I have... Not, I'm not able to move everything over from seven mode quite yet. So I still have set a mix of seven mode and cluster mode. And so we're able to manage some things the old way with our bash scripts. But um, really looking forward to being able to take advantage of WFA to do some of those more standard tasks like just grow your volume, fix your snapshot reserve um, without touching it every single time. Um, was there anything else you want to touch on in terms of the uh, NetApp side of things or insight? I really wanted to give a shout-out to the product teams that took the time to talk to me about my cares and concerns. Um, there are things that break sometimes, and you send in your logs, and you have those heart-to-heart -heart conversations with your support people. But at the end of the day, it's, it's the product teams that, you know, really listen to those cases and listen to the customers. And it, it really made a difference to find out that the things that were really on my mind when it came to performance manager and unified manager, those cares and concerns were on the roadmap um, and that they were really interested in hearing what I need so that they'll, you know, bake those solutions in, into future versions. Are you finding that experience to be the same across multiple vendors, or are there other vendors that kind of listen more than others? You know, I do work with other vendors um, when it comes to, like, our backups and other things. But um, actually, the NetApp team is, you know, they're just awesome. Just awesome. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. The one thing that surprised me um, at Insight was that there were support people there. And not only... Were there support people there? They were support people that I knew because I've talked to them for so many, so many different times on certain cases, and they were there. And I got a chance to talk to them 
and it was the best. And it's um, there's nothing like having um, a closer relationship with those people that are really solving things to make your day, week, life better. Uh, it, that made a big difference, and I really appreciated NetApps taking the time to bring in, um, you know, not only the support folks, but also the SAMs. Yeah, it's good to place uh, faces to names. Uh, so, you know, you get you call in and open a case, and you get a guy working on it, and, you know, it's becomes a very personal interaction. Um, <laughs> and then after everything is done blowing up and the smoke has cleared, um, everybody's happy, but we have no idea who that other human being is on the other line. And we go to Insight, you meet those people, and now you can picture them the next time something happens that you need to work on. Exactly, exactly. So the guy who helped us work through the BERT that we discovered last year, he was there. I got to thank him personally for all the time and effort he had spent helping us work through that issue, getting it to engineering, and getting that solution to us in a pretty timely fashion. Excellent. So that's good. That's good that we um, are adding value by bringing in people that you normally wouldn't talk to um, in in real life. But also, not just that, you know, it's not just bringing in salespeople. It's not just bringing in people to, to make you buy more product. It's also about, you know, tying together those interactions you have outside, the, you know, after you've bought it, and, and you have to start to deal with the management of it. Exactly, exactly. And this is, this is a different organization than NetApp was five, even five years ago. Well, that's good to hear. We're making progress. All right, so other than meeting people that you normally wouldn't get to talk to or meeting people that you've talked to and didn't know in real life, what was your favorite part of Insight? Well, chocolate truffles. They were so good. <laughs> yes, we had chocolate truffles at the uh, developer cafe where, where they also had a, ca- a cappuccino machine. Uh, and the NetApp community was there, and they were handing out free things. Um, we should also have that set up in Insight in Berlin. Um, I don't know if you're going to that, Deanna, but those of you who are going to that, there'll be there'll be that same setup there. All right. Well, thank well, you again for uh, for joining us again, Deanna McNeil. If you would uh, like people to get in touch with you on Twitter, how do they get in touch with you? Well, they can just reach me at the name that my sisters call me, Deanna D E A N N I E. All right. So at D E A N N I E. Yep. That's All it. right. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Deanna. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team and Skip Shapiro and Mukesh Nigam, thanks for listening. That harbor is pretty sweet, huh, Glenn? Uh, tell me about it, dude. I need to get it in my lab in a, yeah. in a serious way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, 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 I'm actually legitimately probably the most excited about the entry level. Yeah, that is pretty awesome well, with they, the flash I, on the yeah, board. Yeah, for FlexPod, I think it's, it's, it's great. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>